You're listening to String Stories, Ditching Decorum, Classical Comedians Who Dare to Tickle the Funny Bone, written by Brian Wise, read by Megan Westberg. A version of this story ran in the September-October 2023 issue of Strings Magazine. Alexi Agudisman, the violinist half of comedy duo Agudisman and Jew, is no fan of the ritualized behaviors of classical performance. Let's be honest, the whole situation is ridiculous, he says. If aliens came down and went into the concert hall, they'd see people walking out dressed like penguins. People bow solemnly and don't speak. All these weird rituals and self-righteous looks. The music they would get, the music is passionate, funny, fun, diverse, but the whole thing around it. Agudisman is baffled by musicians who play Haydn symphonies with solemnity, and he feels that listeners would be far more engaged if confronted with surprises and wit. If you can add humor and then go straight back into the music, he says of a performance, suddenly you feel that the audience is listening on a much higher level. Classical music has been fodder for comedy routines at least since the Marx Brothers' 1935 film A Night at the Opera, in which they turned a violin into a baseball bat during a mock ball game staged in an orchestra pit. Humorists Victor Borgia and Anna Russell built decades-long touring careers by executing staged falls off piano benches and doing one-woman parodies of Wagner's Ring Cycle. In more recent times, Peter Schickley, now retired, has plied the alleged masterpieces of P.D.Q. Bach, including fanfare for the common cold and the variations on an unusually simple-minded theme. While for a period it seemed as if classical humor had enjoyed its last laugh, social media and YouTube have helped to bring it back into focus, gently deflating the art form's pretensions. Agudisman and Jew, or I and J, will return to the United States this October with a touring production, The Music Critic which co-stars John Malkovich as a foul-tempered music critic who recites historical takedowns of great composers. Two-set violin, comprising the Australian pranksters Brett Yang and Eddie Chen, is building on its audience of four million YouTube followers with a tour this year of Asia, Europe, and Canada. Even the niche Twitter feed, Composers Doing Normal Shit, which shows mundane photos of composers alongside witty captions, has nearly 100,000 followers. Slapstick meets sophistication. The Russian-born agudisman met Korean-British pianist Hyung Ki Zhu at the age of 12 at the Yehudi Menuhin School in England. With their classical training, they were sympathetic to the art form they were satirizing and began developing zany, often virtuosic routines that they have toured widely since the early 2000s. Among them is Music Police, in which Agudisman plays a cop who accuses Zhu of speeding through Chopin, then commands him to play a rapid-fire sequence of composers and techniques. Glass, Adams, Reich all end up sounding the same. In another sketch, Agudisman delivers a performance of Bach's E major partita, while a GPS assistant on his phone feeds him musical directions, take the next exit to F-sharp until he detours into country and western fiddling in one of many delirious segues. Trying to play brilliantly is fun. It's great, Agudisman says, of the dexterity behind many of the duo's routines. If you combine something physical with something funny, you actually tend to free up because you're distracted from the fact that you're thinking, 
Oh my God, I've got to get this right. Dance has further raised the adrenaline level of INJ's shows, be it their early sketch River Dancing Violinist, triggered by an errant vacuum cleaner, a one-legged rendition of Chrysler's Tambourine Chinoise, or any number of breakdance-infused routines. I don't know if it was a midlife crisis, but I started breakdancing in my 40s, Agudisman says. This is usually when people stop. The stunts are carefully managed around his Santo Serafin violin, he assures me, adding that he periodically incorporates playing into his workouts, mixing scales with crunches and squats. The combination of slapstick and sophistication calls to mind the hijinks of Shikali, whose entrances involved swinging onto the stage like Tarzan from a balcony, or being chased down the aisles by a man in a gorilla suit. For the uninitiated, the fictional PDQ Bach was described by his inventor Shikali as the last but least of J.S. Bach's twenty-odd children and the oddest. Shikali played a chaotic professor who came to specialize in PDQ's music after stumbling across a manuscript of the composer's Sanka Cantata in 1954. He went on to discover dozens of other works, including the concert shtick for two violins mit orchestra, which he performed with Itzhak Perlman, and the Missa Hilarious puns were a specialty. I don't think people have to be deeply into classical music to enjoy the show, Shikali told the New York Times in a 1977 interview. But it is true that the more you know, the more there is to get. Certain pieces, the unbegun symphony in Ina Kleine Nicht music, for example, are made entirely of quotes. But it's done in such a way that if you get them all, fine. If not, that's fine too. There are enough quotes from Beethoven, Stephen Foster, and Rachmaninoff that everybody will recognize. A crisper style of comedy. With concerns about declining music literacy, classical humorists are often tasked with finding the level of their audience's funny bone. INJ's sketches may contain multiple layers. Maybe somebody gets a joke because they have a musical background, a Goodisman says. But at the same time, so we leave no one out, there is a physicality. There will either be a slapstick moment or certain facial expressions. Other jokes may run parallel. So the people who know the music laugh about the musical jokes, and the people who don't will laugh about the physical aspect. Charles Garrett, a University of Michigan musicologist who has written about music and humor, stresses that social media has revitalized classical humor, but also brought about a crisper style of comedy. I think of I&J making the most of YouTube as they got famous. That was pivotal in terms of reaching out to global niche audiences, he says in an email. But now that they have instant competition on other platforms, maybe they have changed how they design their sketches and performances. Agudisman has gradually added TikTok to the duo's online arsenal, but insists that we have never been creators exclusively. At the time we started, there was no such thing, and my prime interests are the live performances. Agudisman applauds two-set violin for its ability to cater to a youthful, YouTube-focused demographic. They've really put in the hours, making just one video after the other, tailoring to their audience and really thinking, what do they want? What should we bring, and how can we get the numbers up? I've just never really been the numbers guy. With videos that routinely amass over 500,000 views in just a few weeks, Two Set Violin specializes in a savvy blend 
of practice room humor and reaction videos to all things cringy, dodgy, or awkward. There are challenges to fellow Australian Ray Chen and a base YouTuber named Davey504 who dared to insult the violin. Other two-set violin staples include reaction videos to egregiously faked movie performances and a running gag about Ling Ling, a fictional violinist who practices 40 hours a day. Still, niche humor can be difficult to keep fresh. From 2011 to 2015, the duo of cellist Nick Kanellakis and pianist Michael Stephen Brown created Conversations with Nick Kanellakis, a mock classical interview show in which the cellist played an interviewer who peppers guests with obtuse and mildly offensive questions. Loosely inspired by Between Two Ferns and the Colbert Report, Kanellakis and Brown, as the straight man, interrogated the likes of Itzhak Perlman, Yuzha Wong, and the Emerson String Quartet. Most of the 19 episodes are still available online. We would never tell the guests any of our questions ahead of time, Kanellakis said in a recent joint interview with Brown. We wanted a real reaction. Of course, we would edit things. The straighter the guest, the funnier it was. Emmanuel Axe and Leon Fleischer are great examples because they are just so bone-dry. That's what really worked for that kind of comedy. Just as Agudisman has led master classes and composed traditional chamber music, Brown and Kanoakis believe that the boundaries between their serious and comedic personas are not so walled off. I think we bring whatever comedic sensibilities we have to the stage, because that is a great way to help connect to an audience, he says. Just making an audience laugh goes a really long way. Even if you do it just a couple of times in a classical music concert, it can be a really connecting experience. Thank you for listening to String Stories.